Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. So, a great pleasure to welcome today's program, Brian Honer, who is Enterprise Sales Director at Emerge. And today, we're going to talk about important lessons learned in transportation procurement management. So, this past September, September 2022, we surveyed members of our Indago supply chain research community who are all supply chain logistics executives from manufacturing, retail, and distribution companies to get their perspective on the important lessons learned over the past two years that will help them successfully navigate the transportation market in 2023 and beyond. So the results of the survey were published in a research report recently you know, by Emerge. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss some of those lessons learned. And it's great to have you know, Brian on the program to share his insights and perspective on these topics. So Brian, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really a big fan of Talking Logistics. So grateful to, to be on and spend some time uh, talking, talking logistics with you. Great. Well, you know, we, we've had some of your colleagues at, at Emerge here on, on Talking Logistics, and it's always, you know, a very informative, you know, conversation. And I'm sure in your role there at Emerge, you know, you're kind of in the thick of things, talking to shippers and carriers and, you know, in, in the front lines of, of what's happening in the world of, of transportation and particularly with on, on the procurement side of things. So, so let's, let's dive, you know, right into, you know, the topic here and start with some lessons learned regarding, you know, freight procurement. I mean, we asked our Indago members if they are conducting more or fewer freight procurement engagements throughout the year compared to two, to two years ago before COVID. And 62% of the respondents uh, said that they are conducting more freight bids throughout the year compared to two years ago. So I guess the first question is, does that result surprise you? And why is this shift towards more frequent procurement engagements happening? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I think at, at first glance, uh, you would think that it would be really surprising. Uh, any, all of your listeners and, and many of us who are in the transportation and supply chain space, you know, certainly understand um, the, the differences in between a tight market and a soft market and kind of these market fluctuations, which can, can be very cyclical. And I think a lot of shippers and carriers um, certainly learn the hard way uh, the past couple of years, especially pre-2022, when we were kind of in the in the thick of things uh, with COVID and so on and so forth, when you know there was sort of that traditional annual bidding cycle that a lot of enterprises kind of undertook, um, and then they saw you know a lot of route guide deterioration, a lot of their freight moving to spot, which at that time when the market was tight was uh, quite costly. So I think there is an emphasis both on the enterprise level and then from for the transportation and supply chain folks to really be focused on innovative solutions where they can digitize components of their supply chain, where they could source rates a little bit more effectively. And I think um, this change in shipper behavior is, is a really good thing to see, even in 2022, where that's where I say it's, it's not that surprising to kind of see this behavior um, uh, continue and, and in some cases, many cases, increase um, because shippers are being a lot more responsible, a lot more proactive, um, really taking the time to understand, um, you know, having resilience in their route guides. And so they're kind of taking a, a, a little bit of a, a zoom out approach where they're saying, hey, look, let's get some annual rates on file, but let's certainly, um, you know, benchmark uh, some of these rates and see where maybe we're uh, overspending or in some cases underspending and be more thoughtful about going to the market and, and getting some mini bids from their from their network partners. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think that, you know, in some ways, I think the, you know, what happened in 2020 and afterwards, kind of the ripple effect of the pandemic um, and, and when capacity was tight and demand was, you know, uh, you know, through the roof there, which was kind of what not people were expecting to have such a strong recovery, you know, uh, happening so quickly when after the pandemic hit. Um, 
but I think a lot of companies were forced out of necessity to kind of, uh, you know, do things a different way. But it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they've discovered that that's now kind of a, a leading practice. Like they, they should be, you know, yes, the, the annual bid and setting up strategic uh, relationships with carriers and trusted carriers and so forth, that's not going to go away. But this, um, uh, that one of the lessons learned is that, you know, being able to continuously benchmark and continuously understand where you are relative to the market and, you know, the fact that, you know, things are going to deviate over time that you should then, you know, where it makes sense, you know, go out and heal certain lanes or correct certain lanes. You know, in some cases it could save you, you know, money because, you know, your, your contract rates are above where the spot market is uh, or where the market is today. But in other cases, you know, the markets, like you said, it's going to be cyclical, right? So it's going to get, you know, it'll probably get tight again at some point. Um, but it's a way to then assure that you're not going to get, you know, routing guide uh, deterioration. If you kind of go back to those carriers and say, okay, let's, let's correct some of these rates, perhaps we were below market. Does that sound right? Like it was, it was a necessity in the past, but moving forward, it's, yeah. it's a leading practice. Yeah, ab absolutely. That makes, makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I think if you look at the process of shippers and transportation teams, you know, folks definitely outside the industry, I don't think understand how hard their job is. And in a tight market environment like there was in COVID, right? They're, they didn't doing a lot of these processes very manually when they're, uh, you know, sourcing uh, rates for with their carrier partners. What they're finding is by the time they go live and by the time that's launched, you know, the market has shifted and those rates are kind of null and void. So I think have, now having them empower them with the tools um, um, to be able to do that more efficiently and, and more effectively uh, is it, kind of aligns with, the, with what they're trying to accomplish and what their, what their goals are. Right, right. So re related to what we were just talking about, you know, we also asked our Indago members if they agreed or disagreed that the mix uh, between loads moving via the spot market versus those via uh, moved via contracted carriers will be more dynamic moving forward. So a large percentage of, of our members, 83%, agreed or strongly agreed that the contract versus spot mix will be more dynamic moving forward. Again, does this surprise you? And, and are shippers starting to think differently about the spot market and how to leverage it? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really great question. Um, I think it, it, it doesn't necessarily surprise me. I think anyone in this space, um, you know, when you think of the word dynamic, you're thinking of uh, constant change and how, and how it relates to, to spot. That is, of course, uh, an always changing sort of uh, a market condition, right? So, so yes, shippers are definitely thinking about it much, much differently today. Um, I think if you think about what spot freight, zoom out a little bit and think about what spot freight means to shippers and, and what it means to carriers, for carriers, I think it's the obvious is, um, you know, access to freight where they can, especially small medium carriers, where they can make a, a little bit more money. And that kind of provides a, a good stream of revenue for them, for shippers, when there is that surge in order flow and there was demand was off the charts. Um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of this freight had to move to the spot market and they were trying to get it picked up and delivered all the time and, and executed on time. So how shippers kind of manage that moving forward with you know, spot volumes today, which are, I think, roughly about our COO did a presentation yesterday to our, to our company where it was like volumes are down 30% year over year. Um, I think transportation teams are thinking about it differently because they want to be prepared either way. Um, when there's extraneous variables that, you know, cause an influx in spot freight, they want to be ready. And so what being ready, I think, means to them and how they're kind of thinking a bit of, about it a little bit differently is they want to 
they want to have um, actionable data. They want to create price competition amongst their amongst their carriers. Um, they want to have real time performance data. They really want to see how their how their teams are buying, right? How they're sourcing. Um, you know, sometimes it makes sense to take a little bit more uh, expensive option um, if, if there's a better service quality and things of that nature. So just finding avenues to digitize that process allows, um, I think, transportation and supply chains the ability to kind of uh, you know, uh, have information to take to their C levels, to take to other parts of their organization, and also just manage their own their own network and their own freight. Right, right, yeah. I mean, I think the the, the old rule of thumb was you know eighty percent contract, twenty percent spot. You know, and, and that was kind of the, the 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 mix that a lot of companies you know kind of found themselves in, if you will, during quote unquote stable periods of of the, of the market. But but I think what I'm hearing from from a lot of shippers is that you know ship the spot market was hey you know we, we exhausted our rotting guide and we were forced into the spot market or we would use the spot market you know where we didn't have a contract in, in place you know for a very low volume lane or, or or new lane or something like that. But I think what I'm hearing from a lot of shippers right now is that hey you know as part of what we talked about earlier is to kind of be a little bit more tactical and strategic about it to say hey you know we already have contract here but let me just let me just see how the spot market is doing. And there might be opportunities on an on a opportunistic basis to, you know, move a load via the spot market just because, um, you, you know, without, you know, you have to find that right balance because you don't want to deteriorate your the relationship with your contracted carriers. But I think a lot of shippers now are saying, you know, we want to be able to at least have visibility to what's happening in the spot market on a lane by lane basis to give us at least the opportunity to make that decision, whether do we go contract this, with this shipment in this lane or do we go spot? I mean, is that what you're seeing kind of moving forward as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think shippers are being much more strategic, both from a contract and, and from a, a spot perspective. I think, you know, one instance, they're, they're looking at their spot trends and trying to identify lanes where there is high volume and they can kind of take that and may make sense to contract it out. But in an environment like we're facing today, um, you know, with 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 uh, spot rates being being as low as they've been in, in quite some time, you know, some of those lower volume lanes, it makes sense for them um, um, to continue going on spot or going to the spot market um, where prices might even be more cost effective than than contract lanes. Right, right. So kind of related, but shifting gears a little bit. I mean, in order to really do that, uh, I mean, you, you can't really rely on spreadsheets. <laughs> And, and manual processes to really, you know, take a more sophisticated approach to, to freight procurement and, and transportation management in general. And um, so, so let's talk a little bit about technology now. I mean, 79% of our survey respondents agree that they can't rely on spreadsheets anymore and, and they need to invest in technology to, you know, manage their transportation operations with 41% strongly agreeing with that. So I guess I, I kind of know the answer to this, but what's the problem with using spreadsheets for freight procurement and, and how can a modern, you know, again, a freight procurement platform help companies plan and execute their freight procurement engagements more intelligently and efficiently? Yeah, I think, um, you know, both from the shipper side and from the carrier side, they certainly don't enjoy having to constantly work in and out of spreadsheets. Um, it's, it's quite time, time consuming. Uh, it's, it's a little inefficient. Or, um, it really the ability for uh, transport transportation uh, providers and transport and supply chain people to be able to do uh, scenario analysis. That's all done very manually. Um, there's so much back and forth in terms of uh, emails and phone calls. 
Um, and there's a lot of moving parts, especially for the, you know, more large complex enterprises where they have, you know, 26 different regional offices and a bunch of different DCs and a lot of moving parts and a, a lot of ecosystems. So, you know, the ability to really centralize that into a single source sort of database is, is can be really powerful. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the, you know, what I've, I've always heard from, you know, from shippers. I mean, it literally would take them you know, uh, you know, so going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, doing more frequent procurement bids, um, that, that's almost impossible if you're going to use spreadsheets and emails and back and forth because the amount of, of time and resources and just, just it's just a very inefficient way of doing that. So, you know, this market changes so quickly sometimes that, you know, by the time you got all those spreadsheets back and you compiled the data, you did the analysis and then you got all the emails and sent back and forth, you know, two or three months have gone by and the market can be completely different again. You know, so, so I think, you know, when you're leveraging the type of platforms that obviously, um, you know, Merge brings to the table and, and some of your peers in the industry bring to the table, you know, um, you know, it's really opening the door and unlocking the opportunity for companies to really do everything that we just talked about in this episode so far, you know, really take a more uh, strategic, uh, you know, approach to freight procurement, do, do more frequent bids, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, so, so as a way to wrap up, um, you know, another key lesson learned, which will be important moving forward, is the need to keep the CEO and the CFO informed of what's happening in, in the transportation market. And in fact, 79% of our survey respondents agreed or strongly agreed that this is important. So how can transportation and logistics executives stay informed of what's happening in the transportation market in order to provide the C-suite with the timely database insights that they're looking for? Yeah, yeah. first of all, I think this is a very positive trend uh, in the industry. I think for, you know, for decades, really, um, in, in some cases, the transportation and supply chain uh, you know, business unit within the, the large enterprise space in terms of a, of a P&L analysis kind of get lost or kind of got, um, you know, uh, put aside for, for, for other business matters, I guess, if you will. Um, and then when COVID happened, there was obviously a lot of eyes on the, trans on the increase in transportation spend and, of course, all the supply chain disruptions that everyone talks about. And I thought the interesting thing, you know, when I talk to my shippers, we always, we joke about how, you know, when, when the market's really tight and prices are soaring, that's when they're hearing from some of the C-levels and some of the execs around their company. And that's actually when they're having to work the hardest, do um, the mo be very strategic in terms of making sure their loads are covered on time and they're executing. When the market's really soft, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you see less route guide deterioration and then you often don't hear from those C-level execs uh, as much. So it's kind of an interesting Thing we're now lessons learned in 2022. It's great to see the participation from sea levels and um, anything that uh, um, transportation and supply chains teams can do to arm themselves with data um, and documentation in terms of you know how they're spending, um, how they're sourcing their freight, um, how they compare to how they're buying versus the rest of the market is uh, extremely powerful and then very helpful. I think when you're when you're communicating with those those sea level execs. Yeah, no, right on. I mean, I was, I was talking to someone um, earlier this week and they said, you know, we, you know, people in the transportation industry always wanted a seat at the table, but they never expected it was going to be the hot seat at the table. And, and the, you know, transportation supply chain executives are in the hot seat today to, you know, uh, be able to, um, you know, be proactive in terms of uh, sharing uh, information to the C-suite in terms of what's happening in the market, what actions they're taking to, to succeed 
um, and prevent disruptions and, and control costs and, and so on and so forth. Um, well, Brian, um, you know, like I always say, you know, we always just manage to scratch the surface on, on, these, uh, on these episodes, but you provided some great insights and advice on some of the lessons learned from, you know, the past couple of years uh, in, in the, with regards to transportation management and transportation procurement. Uh, I encourage those of you that are listening to download the full, full report uh, based on the research that we did. Um, that should be available uh, at the Emerge website. Um, so again, Brian, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Thanks so much, Adrian. Really enjoyed it. And uh, have a good rest of your week. Great. Thank you. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Talking Logistics website or at the Emerge website, and you've got a question or a comment for Brian, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.